cutting edge guests, awesome uncensored jaw-dropping information, plus funny memes, good deeds, and loads of laughter. Kind of have it all. Ladies and gentlemen, if your soul's awake, then welcome, because you're in the right place. Well, good day to you, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome back to the Sovereign Soul Show, where we stand for the holy trinity of love, levity, and liberty, because after all, love is the greatest power everywhere. And laughter's the best medicine, especially covering serious topics in all matters, ancient, current, and quantum, right? Absolutely. Love, levity, and liberty. It's a mantra. Our mascot, the Bling Buddha, as you see him here behind me, he fully subscribes to it as he fires red pills from his nine mil. And he has a Punisher tattoo over his left breast to save the children. For those of you who are new, I'm your host, Brad Wozni, and I'm grateful to you divine lions and lionesses for tuning into the program for the first time and those who are returning. Thank you. I have served my country at the federal level as a Canadian infantry soldier. I've served it at the provincial level as a wildfire ranger, leaving out of helicopters to fight forest fires. I've also been a part of the corporate rat race where shortly after the three World Trade Centers, they pancaked, collapsed in their footprint from that inside job. While I stood at ground zero, witnessing the heroic rescue efforts which went on, and then I was walking the halls of the Pentagon 72 hours later and 18 stories below it, below where the missile strike happened. I'm fortunate to become a Yushui Reiki master in 2015 and by leveraging the infinite source of the cosmic and our creator's power, I am following my soul's purpose in this incarnation, this lifetime, which is to help uplift humanity's consciousness with song and story. Before we jump to our segment, our episode for you today, just want to share with you, due to the extreme big tech censorship, as they've canceled the Instagram channels, they've banned me on YouTube. We can't get another channel going on there because I wrote a poem, uploaded it to save the kids, and YouTube deleted the channel. They don't like you doing everything to save the children. So please then subscribe to our Telegram so we can stay up to date and then we can share real-time updates with you with what's going on. And that Telegram channel is The Sovereign Soul Show. You'll see it here on the broadcast. And also subscribe to the Rumble channel at The Sovereign Soul, because right now, Rumble is the only censorship-free place that we can exist. Also, our website, shopthebuddha.com. You can subscribe there, check out a lot of amazing things that we posted and resources for you for, to help those who are just waking up at shopthebuddha.com and get on our email list too. Some really cool stuff that'll be coming out there. Now, I'm all about saving the kids. And I'm a pure blood, and I'm grateful that we stuck it through. With regards to saving the kids, every one of my guests who's come on so far and in the future is about that too. They embody that. So without further ado, we begin our next segment. Enjoy the episode. Michelle Lee has just become the first Australian woman to row across any ocean on Earth. After a staggering 68 days, 12 hours and 49 minutes alone at sea, 
A 46-year-old athlete rode into Antigua. A Sydney woman has conquered the Atlantic, becoming the first Australian woman to row solo across any ocean. I'm so delighted to welcome to the Soul Auburn Soul Show for the first time, Michelle Lee joining us from Australia. So we've just been so honored to have Ozzy Cossack on here, Dave Guru Graham. We've got Glenn Patriot 101 and a dozen times now, Lieutenant Colonel retired Ricardo Bosi, who introduced me to Michelle Lee, as well as Rhiannon Bosi, who just rode for freedom 9,000 miles in 240 days solo the pacific ocean it's not her first ocean as you just saw on the clip it's her second it's her second so 40 minute swim for me today i feel so underwhelmed by my physical progress i'm so delighted to have you here welcome michelle to the sovereign soul with the bling buddha in the background yeah wow thank you what a welcome and I love your enthusiasm it's it's amazing it's um a little bit um contagious <laughs> I feel oh, like thank you. yeah I appreciate that Canadians right you know I feel like like brothers and sisters are Kiwis Tazis and Aussies and I have to make the distinction because I know Kiwis are like we're definitely Kiwi but, um, <laughs> it's fun hanging out with them you know not not to be said that the UK and the Ireland and Scottish you know we love you too uh, but just just something about the culture. Uh, there's something a little bit more it, relatable there too, especially the excitement, the emotional level. So thanks for that. And I, I really feel that's part of it. I want to unpack this a bit because I've seen your other interviews and we were attempting to get an interview here together about five weeks ago and the timelines didn't work out on our scheduling. And what I like to dive, deep dive in is real quick. People have just seen the clips doing the Australia Ocean, we're going to cover Pacific shortly, but what is it about your upbringing that takes somebody who has never put a freaking oar in the water until she decides to row an ocean, does it the first time, and goes, the Atlantic Ocean is not enough solo, I'm going to do it the Pacific. What, what is it about your upbringing? And then the pandemic, scamdemic, convid, 
that just lit that fire underneath you? Because we all, everybody has those switches to create that mental toughness. And I'm really curious about yours. Yeah, you know, I actually say the um, early, your your early years and, you know, they're like, you know, all the things and the people that come into your life, um, they are part of the fabric that weaves who we are, shapes us. And I thank my dad. I really do. Um, now, my dad actually passed away very suddenly on the day that I had to fly out to go to the start line for the Atlantic. My dad died very suddenly, unexpected. And I was in that moment thinking, oh, my God, what do I do? Do I put it off? Like if I had have stayed for the funeral, I would have had to put that row off till the following year. I wouldn't have made it to the start line. So and I remember just with my head in my hands, you know, my brother on the phone. And I just thought I could hear my dad saying, don't you dare stand over a hole crying over me. You get out there and you row that freaking ocean. So I feel like I'm, you know, that was almost in his legacy that the Atlantic, that's what it became. And I thought, thank you, because you gave me that real, you know, like step out of the fucking queue, break the rules. You don't have to take what's handed to you. You can write your own. So I I really do. He had that free spirit. Ray did whatever Ray wanted to do. That was always a joke, you know. Don't worry, Ray will always please himself. He'll always do what he wants. Well, I feel like I got that. So, and my brother reminded me when I was out there doing the Pacific, he said, Merle, he said, he called me Merle. Merle, he goes, you know, dad would love what you're doing. He'd fucking love what you're doing. And I was like, yeah, I know he's up there. And I used to know there was a bird that would come and visit. And I used to call him Ray. I knew that I said, hey, dad, how you doing? I used to have conversations. I just knew it was him. So it is, um, you know, we're shaped by experiences. We're shaped by beliefs. And, you know, my dad very much had that fuck the rules um, very much. It was so it was you know, it's in my veins. And then, yeah, of course, the, the pandemic came, the uh, the lockdowns, I went into meltdown. And I was like, I just, I cannot see the sense. I cannot understand. You're locking up healthy people. You're stopping us from going to work, for earning a living, from, um, you know, and then what it did to our culture, you know, as Australians, we're convicts, we're, we break rules, man. You know, this is what we do. And yet all of a sudden, Aussies were dobbing in Aussies. And we, I was just sitting there watching this change in, you know, people's attitudes and people, you know, dobbing each other in and um, people wouldn't make eye contact anymore. And I just thought, this is bullshit. And it happened fast. It happened really fast. And that honestly was, uh, it, it became row for freedom because of all of those uh, restrictions that were, uh, you know, the censorship, the manipulation, the bullying, the coercion. And there was just so much of this uh, bullshit that I thought to be forced. Oh, and then they forced and mandated the jabs. And I was like, no, 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 this, there's something not right. And um, and then when you look a little bit deeper and you look who's involved and you look at the level of, um, um, oh, God, what was it? It was just so much conflict of interest. Do you know what I mean? That was enough for me to just go, I am not playing this game. I'm not taking part. So, um, yeah, it was a firecracker at my bum. It made me look in corners that I've never looked before. You know, politically, I've never given a damn. I've never paid an ounce of interest. And for once, I thought, Michelle, you need to wake the fuck up. It's a big wake-up call. Well said. Yeah, it certainly was. You know, and I've been I've been grateful here just in the last two shows in four days. I've had so many warrior grandmothers who have stood up and 
we were talking about that uh, five days ago, Ricardo, myself, uh, Guru, Patriot 101, and uh, uh, another Derek Johnson, we did a, another show on the law of war, continuity of government, the military occupation of rollout, which we're seeing all around the world right now. And we were talking about the fact, and Ricardo started bringing it up. He's like, you know, I shouldn't be here doing this. And we now have grandmothers standing up in front of their citizens. And I got to see recently in the United States, you have 75, 83-year-old grandmothers joining constitutional militias in the United States because under the original constitution, not the corporation of the U.S. in 1871, they can create your own militia, state militia, not just running around with pitchforks and muskets. We're talking about actually having constitutional juries who have greater authority than a sheriff in a county in the United States. And the same thing we have in Canada too, slightly different verbiage. And it's the grandmother standing up to protect the cubs. And yes, we do see some divine masculine men doing so as well. I'll give you Billboard Chris, who's going around states, Canada, and the world doing it. We have today, as we're recording, Chris Sky Sokocha running for mayor of Toronto, who had the only book that Amazon ever delisted and prevented from being sold because it said United Noncompliance Just Say No to Tyranny in Canada, right? Yet you can find Mein Kampf. You can find satanic witchcraft books. You can find all the pedophile books and the children, the gay sex and the disgusting cartoons to that effect. And so here we are and you exemplify that warrior spirit. It's the rebellious type that kind of says, I don't fit in this box, in this lane, this societal conditioning that says, you know, I need to grow up and have a family and get a job. Nothing, there's anything wrong with that, by the way, folks. But to just stay in that lane and say, there's other dreams I choose to do, or just push the envelope a little bit and do things that make you feel uncomfortable. Because once you get in that comfort zone, it creates complacency. And you and I have a mutual friend. You finally met him recently, Michael Jaco. And I was very fortunate two years ago to learn remote viewing for four days from Michael Jaco. And then we've had five or six shows together uh, over the last year. And one of the things that the gentleman who started SEAL Team 6, which Michael Jaco joined after Navy SEALs, the elite of the elite, the commander's name was Richard Martinko. And in the 10 leadership secrets of success, the rogue warrior, which Commander Dick Martinko, U.S. Navy SEAL, Vietnam veteran states, complacency kills. And there's no room for complacency. We look around nature especially the amount of time we're going to talk here soon about you being in nature all around the world and seeing it. And we look at nature as a usually Reiki master, almost 10 years myself, Michelle, and nature exemplifies the true truth of God, the greatest omnipresence of divinity for those who like source, those who want eternal <laughs> universe versus God, not religion. We're not, I'm not going religion. You are going like true right to spirit to soul, the greatest omnipresence of divinity. And nature's either growing or dying. Nature just doesn't sit there and take a beat. A tree doesn't say, yeah. I'm not going to go drink water today. I'm not going to go give for my leaves, right? And a crow yeah. just doesn't say, I'm not going to bother flying today to get food. And so that complacency yeah. kicks The fact is you exemplify, and I've been so grateful, Rick and Rhiannon introduced us to go, here's somebody who literally says, I'm bucking the system. I'm doing this. And then you have had no training whatsoever never rode in your life i mean 
what you know tony robbins goes out and bob proctor when he's alive passed away this winter they're doing all their seminars on human performance peak performance I, but you've not done this and you just said screw it let's do it and then on top of that you had your father you just shared i've never heard you say this before who just passed away right before you got on that plane so we're talking about the ultimate pandemic on human society that we've seen in eons and then you've had this family crisis the moment you're about to leave for the Atlantic. And then you also, I want, I'm curious as well, in your preparation, the sacrifices you have to make to get there. Because folks, this is a story that exemplifies what you can teach your children and bring all your kids in for this, right? Let them listen to real history being taught to you by a hero, a heroine for humanity of what we have the capability of unleashing. So I turn it back over to you because there's a lot that you can fill in now. And I've just had a little bit of time to kind of paint a picture for everybody as we go from here to the Atlantic and then the Pacific. Yeah, it's interesting, uh, the things you touch on. Um, the the nature, uh, pure, perfect harmony. That is what you witness. When you actually remove yourself from all of uh, the distractions of first world, and when you actually take the time out and you have to be self-sufficient, uh, you really do get to witness what harmony is. And uh, it, it is such a privilege. And I realised that as I used to watch the wildlife just appear as it did, and often it appeared when I needed it most, um, in a low point or, you know, uh, I was struggling, all of a sudden a pot of dolphins would just turn up and they just lift you and put you on such a high for days it lasts for days mm -hmm. uh, or you know the bird that would just come and fly and hover at eye level with me and be eyeballing me and and he's not going he's doing it for an extended period of time that you know there's a right. message right there you know uh, so it, it did become quite spiritual and um and it, it does make you realize that uh yes there is Things out there way bigger, the energy, the source energy. You mentioned, you know, source energy. I, I say, you know, divinity. Um, and I used to have this little prayer that I used to say, and it used to be, I used to call on my dragons, my angels, um, and everybody godlike who looks after me. And every morning I used to have this little prayer and I used to thank them because I know that all of the prayers, the well wishes, all of the good intentions that everybody was sending to me was traveling and you know there was that ripple effect and um they were all willing me on and you know how i managed to sit right on the edge of five hurricanes four cyclones over that period of time 240 days there is something bigger out there that's looking after us and i know that with without um any doubt any hesitation of doubt and my weather router you know what what roger batham Right. Um, I used to say to him, like, yes, I had the world's best weather router. I actually did. He is world renowned and he actually just got awarded OAM uh, at a very prestigious award in Australia for his contribution to meteorology. So I literally had the best weather router in the world. Um, but also I used to talk to him about angels and healing crystals. And one day right. he says to me, um, He's a real straighty 80, you know, fact, factual man, you know. And he says to me, uh, Michelle, have you got alcohol on that boat? And I'm like, no. He says, um, are you smoking something? <laughs> I said, no. He says, hmm, 
maybe you've been out there alone too long. You know, it's like, but um, you know, it's it's it is true that there is a, a source out there that we all can tap into, and you know, when we uh, lead with our heart and our brain and our heart are in coherence. And when we know exactly what we want, we've got our, we're crystal clear on our why, we can achieve anything. That's when you enter into that quantum space. That is when you enter into that space where uh, there is a frequency. And if you get yourself on the frequency, the right people will come, the doors will open. And like you said, I'd never rode in my life, not elite, not an athlete, not an Olympian. Uh, it certainly was not a rower. Um, here I am now going to go and do something quite obscure, row across an ocean. I'm not an ocean-born, you know, adventurer, you know. So, um, yeah, I, I had to lift myself up into a whole new realm in order to attract all the stuff that I needed, uh, the people, the crew that I needed to build, my little ground crew. Um, so, yes, I, I do believe in, in um, you know, the vibrational frequency that you put out, what you attract, will help you achieve. And I always say to people, when you're acting true to your core, to your uh, compass, you will attract what you need. Don't ask how, just move forward every day there were sacrifices you're right you know my friends are out buying $300 pairs of shoes I'm buying $3,000 worth of rope <laughs> and getting bloody excited about it. oh my god you should see my bloody beautiful rope with the lovely spliced stainless steel thimbles oh my god so um it was two years for each row of preparation of sacrifice but you know when you're adventuring you don't look at that as sacrifice. It's, uh, you know, lots of stepping stones that I had to do to be able to warrant my place on that start line, you know, on that podium. And uh, all of those struggles, the fails, uh, the hardships that I had to sort of navigate over, under and around, the times, many times I had to pick myself up, you know, from head in hand, you know, sliding down the wall when, you know, just another red carpet was pulled from under my feet during the preparation they're all essential those little life struggles are essential because it is those that give you that real mongrel that real bastard that real fuck off I am not going to fucking quit um when the going gets tough so you know I kind of like look at those as those moments that I was just putting in the bank you know you're not born resilient you you build your resilience over time through the get up, dust yourself off, move on, pick yourself up, let's go. They're your opportunity. That's the universe saying, here's your opportunity to step up yep. and uh, dust yourself off. Come on, learn from the mistake. So all of my fails, I welcomed. I was like, you know what, bring it on because I need this in order to have that edge when I'm struggling, when I'm out there, when the, the shit hits the fan and when I'm placed in positions of unknown, uncertainty, um, you know, world of firsts, I had plenty of those. So no matter how prepared you try to be and you think you are, you have to know that I have not experienced all of the scenarios that are possible out there. So, you know, these are little things that now um, make my life much easier. And I always say 
train hard, even easy, you know. So go through the struggles and, and welcome them. View them differently. Don't view them as poor me. Oh, my God, why does this always happen to me? Look at them as, well, this is the universe giving me yet another opportunity to become more resourceful. And this is what it teaches you. Adventure. This is why I love adventure. Adventure teaches you skill sets that make your life easier, that make you realise you can cope with anything. Um, they certainly make you look outside the box. And when the red carpet's pulled from underneath you, um, you know, I love what, what um, Joe Dispenza says. And, you know, part of my material out there, it, a lot, it was all very carefully chosen. It was the Dr. Joe Dispenza, the Greg Braden, Dr. Bruce Lipton, um, Bob Proctor. He was my very first intro into the quantum and the law of attraction. And I just, I couldn't get enough of him. And then, of course, one thing leads to another. And, you know, you, you now, again, you're on a frequency and all these other people start coming into your life and in what they offer. So, um uh, yeah, out there, it was just the biggest privilege to be able to listen to uninterrupted hours upon hours of these amazing people. So, you know, it was it's certainly life changing. And yes, um, we can rewire our brain. We don't have to live by those old uh, paradigms and beliefs and um you don't you certainly don't have to um buy the crap that's handed down to you <laughs> and I, this is what i hope that i've inspired people I, I you know i say don't be afraid to be the seven women upstream because um during uh, covid and during all of the restrictions and, and the bullshit that they placed upon us um i looked at that as my opportunity to uh not be afraid to be in the minority in fact i'm freaking proud to be in the minority. Do you know what I mean? And and hopefully that's my a, a message that I can, you know, you got to be able to, to to talk the talk, you got to be able to walk the walk. Well, I can. I can definitely say that, you know, because when we went into those lockdowns and I said I went into meltdown, I found myself in the first few days, you know, dragging my heels, head down, whinge and bitching, moaning, and then I caught myself and I thought, "Hang on a minute." you know what, you can whinge and bitch and moan and carry on or you can get off your freaking ass and you can do something. And that's how it became Row for Freedom because it forced me to go inwards and to really question um, what are my values, what is really important to me in life. And the thing, two things was my freedom and adventure. And both of those were being taken from me unfairly um, without my consent and then all of a sudden, you know, we're being forced to do stuff that didn't make sense. And I was like, you've got to question this shit, people. You have to question this. Like, come on. And I used to think if everyone just said, no, this would be fucking over, over, you know. <laughs> yeah. And you, you yeah. bring up points here. You know, we're talking about resiliency. And resiliency, I see, is purposely, it almost seems like over the last several generations, they've tempered the resiliency, right? You know, demasculate men, you know, and remove the divine masculinity from protecting the divine feminine and the typical household you're brought up in. And then just to have that kind of rebellious, you know, warrior type um, going out there, sense of adventure, as opposed to just, you know, come together, be in a city, have that convenience, you know, everything is 
a, a click of your finger or a mouse click away or an Amazon 24 seven prime type of thing that comes up. And we see this in the younger generation now too, where, Hey, we can, what well, the great things about TikTok is now they're getting red pilled on TikTok, but also prior to that, it's just a, an, an information exchange for a lack of real social conversation and community, which gets there. And I love how you talked about, you had many firsts out there, but you kind of like glossed over it. Like, First typhoon, check the box. First hurricane, check the box. <laughs> Second typhoon, third, fourth typhoon, fifth hurricane, rode through it. Rode, rode your boat. I heard you rowing on average like 12 hours a day. And when we talk about nature, one of the things I enjoy about going to the equator is I find it's more easier to adjust. And I did this too in the uh, army for a short period of time. And then whenever I would go camping, especially I camp off my motorcycle, my adventure rider, and when you're riding all day and then all of a sudden you kind of stop and you set up your tent and then you have your quick little campfire, maybe a pint if you're lucky and, you know, hot, warm, cold, whatever. It tastes great when it's off a bike after yeah. 500 miles or 850 kilometers of riding in the desert. And the next thing you know, your body naturally wants you to go to sleep and then you're naturally waking up with this sunlight and with the birds and those are the circadian rhythms which we're kind of getting back to nature since we already come from her but those cities and those suburbs remove us from that that white fluorescent light moves us from that and then the talking heads on the radios versus a greg braden or a bob proctor and the strangest secret and the earl nightingales of the world talking about oh, yeah. the human potential which you have, which is so wonderful. So what, what are some moments you can share with us? Because I know you do amazing public speaking out there, especially with kids at schools, um, and you go around, you're getting booked to and conferences. What are some of the things that you share as moments from that crossing of the Atlantic and then the crossing of the Pacific, which when you did the Atlantic crossing on your own, there were actually a group of Navy SEALs who were buddies of Michael Jacobs, like four of them, I think it was, that rode the boat on their own for that 50, 54 days. And you went solo. <laughs> like, yeah, I know. It's so cool. I incredible, love it. Incredible mental yeah. toughness and perseverance here. Incredible. Do you know, it's, and, and you know, really, another driver um, or magnificent um, motivator are mm -hmm. the naysayers and the negative Nancys. And the doubters, the people who will tell you to your face that you you won't make it. Um, in fact, my my probably uh, biggest doubter was uh, my mentor. So he he was he he was my mentor, my um, boat builder. He was my um, he trained me, he coached me to the world record. So for the Atlantic, I did the um, world record to be the fastest woman to row a million meters on a concept two, an indoor rowing machine. So I use that as the stepping stone to learning how to row because I, I literally was not a rower. So I learned to row on the indoor machine and at the same time, ticked a lot of boxes, got the world record because I needed to create some kind of um, profile, a bit of validation, credibility, because, you know, I was right. going to be knocking on sponsors' doors saying, can you sponsor me? And when they say, well, what have you done? Who are you? I had nothing. So Andrew suggested go and do the world record um, because you'll learn to row. Your body will also go through all the adaptations that you need to become this long-distance stamina endurance, you know, athlete, 
Um, and he said, plus, yeah, you'll get if you get the record, then you've got a title at least that you can banter around and stuff. So we did that, took six months worth of training. Um, so he became and then he became my partner as well. So he was wearing, you know, so many hats. Yeah. And um, at the end hour, you know, he pulled out and said, I, I can't do this anymore, blah, blah, blah. So I lost everything. And the message there, ladies, is diversify, okay? <laughs> Don't put all your eggs in one freaking basket. So I lost everything. But he was also constantly reminding me, you won't do this without me. Who else do you know who's rode an ocean? Because he has also rode the Atlantic years prior to me. Um and that's where my headspace went when I first decided I was going to row the Atlantic. I thought, I just need to speak to someone who's been there and done that, you know. And I Googled Aussies Atlantic Ocean. Only one name came up. So I, I contact him and say, hey, I want to do this. Can you, like, give me some tips, some ideas? And one thing led to another. Next thing, he's wearing every single hat. <laughs> um, but out there when I was struggling and remembering those conversations, remembering the last email he sent me with 14 points of why I wouldn't make it, and blah, 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 I thought that was actually an amazing motivator because you have this incredible sense of, fuck you, I'll show you. You know what I mean? So that's that that typical Aussie rebel. That's, you know, what we're built on, and that's what I was seeing be squashed and, and die during everything that was. And I thought, oh, come off it, man. This is so not freaking Australian. Um, and these are the traits that I'm proud of because these are the traits that will get you through the fog. These are the traits that will get you, you know, uh, marching through the freaking fire and, and looking out for your mate and stuff. So, again, I, I look at some of these negatives and and I've turned them into the positive and and I hope that again I can convey this in my messaging that you know this is true story true life um and these are all very helpful moments in our life you can draw on them um so uh yes and and yes my world of firsts going through the um the cyclones and the hurricanes like you can't practice that stuff you know um and there I am preparing my boat, knowing that it is coming. Roger has the forecast. He can see the 10-day forecast. They can even tell you how it's going to track as it gets closer. So those two days before, um, you're, it's literally the calm before the storm and you are the whole, everything gets sucked out of the atmosphere. There is not a breath of wind. It's stifling hot. You've got the sun beating down on you you've got the reflective sun from the water you've got the heat from your deck and you're trying to breathe and it's just so thick and everything's eerie so quiet that you kind of whisper because you don't want to spoil the silence anyway and it's a little bit of um I uh, the very first one I definitely had anxiety growing and building and I'm like oh my gosh no. because I didn't know what to expect and I'm saying to Roger tell me what are the what are the um, waves going to look like what are the wave heights going to be is it going to be wind against wave or is everything going to be uniform because you know I was trying to prepare myself mentally with yeah. you know give me a, a bit of a picture because I'm going to be locked up in that cabin and I'm going to have the drogue out. No, I've, I've got to throw this drogue out that I've never used before, brand spanking new. I ordered it. It arrived only in time for me to pack it on my boat before I rode out of Mexico. And the equipment happening. To yeah, so brand spanking new equipment, never been tested. <laughs> and um, 
you know, oh. and then Roger saying, make sure you get the drogue out tonight because the shit is going to hit the fan at 2 a.m. And you don't want to be out there on deck in the dark with oh. waves crashing over your boat, getting this thing out. So he said, just set the drogue in daylight hours. And then he said, and then just prepare to be a passenger. You are just going to be locked up in that cabin for four days. It ended up being nine. Nine days was my very first experience on a drogue. <laughs> so, um, interesting times in there. <laughs> but well, um, how, yeah, just, and, just, just okay. Let's let's just pump the brakes and talk about the first hurricane in a rowboat. And I'm going to go to a picture of the boat so people can visually see what we're talking about as we just you know, jump into this right now. This is a great one. It's on your website, solorower.com. So in this cabin, and I'll zoom in for everybody here, in this cabin, you're logged up for nine days and you're at the mercy of Mother Ocean and a hurricane. And the drogue is basically an anchor, folks. And it kind of, to me, it like resembles a parachute in a way, you know, with a weight on it. Is that the best way that you would Describe it. You're Correct. Right. I'm here. Yeah. 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 And and then and that catches the current and that kind of that causes drag on your boat in the currents. So in nine days, being locked up in that cabin in the very first hurricane, about how far off course, how many nautical miles approximately were you dragged off your ideal course? I know you're kind of. Yeah, it, it actually wasn't too bad in terms of loss. Uh, I, I traveled north and east and I wanted to go south and west um and you know we only lost in nine days we only lost about 20 25 miles which in 9,000 miles it's yeah. nothing do you know what I mean so you know I had to constantly remind myself of the big picture because while you're sitting in your cabin and I'm watching my latin long I'm watching the numbers um, and I'm seeing that I'm losing ground. You you kind of have to remind yourself that, you know what, over the uh, 9,000 mile journey, this is nothing. It's, it's just a few days, you know. Um. Ladies and gentlemen, our show will continue after these brief and important messages. If you are looking for groundbreaking nutritional products, which revolutionize the way your body operates, you have to check out this cutting edge, American-made, all-natural wellness brand. Root the Trinity Pack from GetRootNow.com is a game changer. Let me show you. Zero In is the world's first quantumceutical, an all-natural adaptogenic nootropic, which skyrockets your clarity and creativity. Professional athletes have reported over a 40% increase in their performance in only 90 days. Restore is a supplement that completely restores your gut health, optimizes your true brain, helping you tap into quantum consciousness, also known as the God Mind, all together with Clean Slate, which gently wipes out harmful heavy metals from your body, gently evacuating toxins, including graphene oxide. Trinity Pack from Root Altogether helps you increase your performance, longevity, deep sleep, and have a far greater quality of life. Register now at GetRootNow.com to grab your Trinity Pack. Then hit subscribe and save to get $15 back every month. Trinity Pack has also received the gold standard, a worldwide BSCG approval, allowing those in the military to first responders to the NFL, PGA, NBA, FIFA World Cup soccer, and more. Feel assured it is indeed all natural and drug-free. Trinity Pack even comes with a 30-day satisfaction guarantee. 
So when you grab your Trinity at GetRootNow.com, you can feel good knowing it's endorsed by Tier 1 Special Operations Warriors to lightworkers, benevolent healthcare heroes, professional athletes, and Olympians detoxing their systems and unleashing their greatest self from across the globe. You can also get rewarded for being part of the Root community. See you there! now back to our show um so yeah constantly keeping your uh, mindset in in control you had to stay in control of your mind um which you know i did a lot of mind um uh training prior to the pacific i did none for the atlantic and i realized that that was my weakness um out there on day 23, you know, I realized, oh, shit, I'm a bit over me. And then by day 46, I struggled every day mentally with the isolation. So I realized when I was going to row the uh, the Pacific that I had to step it up. I really had to um, build that mental toolbox. So um, I used Jose Silva. He, so between, you know, Jose Silva and um, Greg Braden, Joe Dispenza, um, Bruce Lipton and Bob Proctor, they were my mental toolbox. And, and you know, their material, it's it's so powerful. And um, uh, as a man, think, of, uh, think and Grow Rich, you know, they were books that were on my uh, Audible, which talks about human potential and how much potential we do not even freaking tap into. There's just so much. You know, how often are we operating on autopilot where so much of your day it actually requires zero thought because you're doing exactly what you did yesterday exactly the same hour you're doing everything the same way um you know like now I even I even write in my left hand it's a part of an exercise that I do every day I write in my left hand and I tell a little story every day and it's amazing how good it becomes over time. You know, like we just have to practice stuff. It's just my flatmate and I, we do these, you know, dances that we just copy off YouTube because it's so good for your brain. We constantly do, you know, we are YouTube taught ukulele players. And yeah. I say to her, um, isn't it amazing when you reflect on where you were and where you are and just marvel at the human brain, what it can achieve when you apply yourself consistently and persistently to something. We're not musicians, but, man, we can play 50 freaking songs now on this uke. We can now sing and play at the same time. When we first got it, we would just um, switch between two chords, G and C, and we'd be like, oh, I hate G, love C. Oh, I hate you, you know, and now we just do it without looking. It's just phenomenal. And you've got to be in awe and um, give a little bit of time and thought to just how freaking amazing we are. And when you nurture it and you give it the environment and you keep challenging it, you become hungry for that. You know, it's addictive. So we can all be so much more and we are all, most of the people are just operating inside these four walls and they never step out. And, you know, like I'm I'm obviously 
uh, inspired by adventurers. That's my thing. You know, I love the the Shackletons and I love the um, oh, Four Minute Mile, Roger Bannister. I love these people that go and break the boundaries. They're pushing the limits. I, I'm inspired by them. And so I listen to more and more of their stories so that it, it jacks you up, you know. <laughs> it's contagious. Mm-hmm. So whoever you hang around, um, quite often, you start to adapt to, you know, so I'm very conscious who I hang around. I'm very conscious who I listen to because it's contagious. Who do you want to be? Ask yourself these questions. What would that person look like, walk like, talk like to be that person? What do I have to do? You have to change. Like when I decided I was going to row these oceans, I had to change. I had to step up. I had to be willing to do the uncomfortable. I had to be willing to Um, do the door knocking and sell myself and you know that's not easy but the more you do it and and then I had to say to myself well if I want to ask for money I got to do something to be worthy of that so it makes you just be a better person do you know what I mean like constantly that's how the world record came about well if you're going to ask for money you got to earn it you got to go and be worthy of someone Mm -hmm. saying okay we'll back you If, if you don't back yourself you can't expect other people to back you either. Do you know what I mean? So yeah, it's that right. whole, yeah. whole uh, you know, um, what was it? Um, walk the walk, talk the talk. If you want to talk the talk, you've got to walk the walk. <laughs> Absolutely. You know, and there's so much. I can't wait for when you have your first book to come out. I know you've got some some other things on tap, and we'll get to that shortly before you start putting things down and then you have your book. Because literally, I mean, you are – the Shackleton of our day, right? You know, like when people look back 110 years ago and say, there was a woman who flew across the Atlantic. Well, now you hear, have somebody who rode across the Atlantic, rode across Pacific, the first Australian female and did it in COVID. And during the lockdown came out and said, I'm going to do the Pacific. And the first time she went to go row an ocean, she had never rowed anything in her life. So literally putting the thought out there and then starting to allow the things to appear in your life and the universe bringing that magnet in, you know, and uh, you mentioned about writing with your left hand journals, which I surmise then is your right hand. And the last time I saw Bob about three years ago, uh, right before lockdown, uh, he would done 120 plus days of journaling with his left hand. So he's trying to convince us when we were together in Los Angeles, like, come on, you got to do it. You got to try it. You know, you got to do other things on neuroplasticity. And I'm like, that one's awesome. But right now I'm about to get ready and ride 10 days almost solo myself on a motorcycle in the desert. So I'm working on that one. I'll come back and get to the left-hand writing later. So God bless his soul. I've been uh, very fortunate to have been around him uh, in person uh, many Mm -hmm. times uh, to be mentored by two of the people who he mentored over the last roughly 15 uh, 15 years. So I've been very blessed to be in that man's presence and then the virtual presence of everybody else, Joe and Greg, you mentioned, and Dr. Bruce Lipton, I think is got incredible offerings. That also is key, everybody, for what you can do about your life right now, because you're literally seeing, watching, and hearing from Michelle articulate to you that you don't have to accept life the way it is. And then if you want life to be different, you can set that parameter and go, here's my goal. And then certain objectives can be met to step up to that goal, meet it, and then you can redefine what your version of your life is. And I think that's so key right now too, Michelle, after everybody's aware of 
what's happened in the world, what's going on in the world. Some people are sitting there, you know, still on their sofa going, okay, military come out. Okay, take care of us, med beds for all the other stuff, bioweapons and yada, yada. But they're not really doing anything, so to speak. And then we have the kids who, for the most part, have the greatest capability now, way you and I grew up, we're roughly the same age, biological age, way we grew up, we're like, we didn't have the phones, we didn't have the connections, we didn't have the computers, you know, I had to learn, you know, typing and email just when I started at a work job coming out of uh, the army in the indoctrination camp or Wilfrid Laurier in Canada. And they have it all. They have the greatest gifts, the capabilities, the technology, and now the knowledge we have to create the resilience and the temperance, and you are a perfect example of that. So what are some of the stories crossing the Atlantic that you can relate to or three that people like jaw drop, make their jaw drop right now and go, holy crap, as if like 9,000 miles or, or 9,000 miles, 14,000 kilometers crossing the Pacific, excuse me, on the Atlantic uh, in 240 days isn't jaw dropping enough and hurricanes and typhoons. But what do you see right now people can leverage from your story and embrace in their own lives? What are some of those cool daily tasks they might be able to do that they're not doing with the amazing information and experience you're bringing forth? Number one, I say, is to turn off mainstream. Turn it off. Don't don't even go there. I haven't owned a TV since 2011. So I haven't owned a TV since 2011. I have not touched a remote control to turn on a TV since 2011. I do not watch one. Uh, in fact, when my flatmate moved in, I advertised, because I used to live alone, I advertised my space as I'm up at 5 a.m. There is no TV. My space is spotless. It is quiet. I'm up at 5 a.m. every day and on my rowing machine at 6 a.m. Like she had to, I, I said to her, you need to look at my schedule because you are going to hear this machine, the, row, the whirring of the rowing machine every single day um, at 6 a.m. like clockwork. Right. So um, it's it's commitment. So the message there is to 100% commit and you are non-negotiable. If you have that goal, you need to know that um, you have to commit 100% because if you fail, it's only because you haven't followed the, the rules, you know, the... the, the um, the discipline, it, it, you know, these goals require discipline. And yes, there's some sacrifice. But when you're strong and connected to your why, you don't actually see it as sacrifice. Okay, so um, yeah, commit 100% fully, get the whole brain heart coherence, change whom you listen to, be very conscious who you're listening to, who lifts you up and who puts you down. Um, let those ones fall by the wayside. And um, Create a filter, create a filter of, of where you get your stuff from, your information. So I believe part of my difference is I do not listen to a radio. I don't read a newspaper. I don't watch TV, nothing on TV. There's not a program on TV that I watch. There's nothing. Um, they are major differences to the majority of people. So I'm not fed any of the shit I'm not programmed. It's programming. They are programming you to believe that you need to go and get a flu shot, that you you can't possibly have an immune system that will allow you to get through a winter without being sick. They, they're programming you to believe that. 
So I think that's part of my biggest difference is I'm not influenced by the bullshit that mainstream want to um, have you believe. And uh, so I'd love everyone just to turn that shit off. In fact, I got asked a question. Um, do you think our government did well during the pandemic? Did they, um, did they, was their management plan, you know, I said, are you joking? They said, you really want to know? So this is actually for a newspaper. I can't wait to read the article to see if he's quoted me correctly. Because um, I, he said, well, what would have you done differently? Oh, I said, well, every single person, every household would have received boxes of fresh fruit and veg. They would have been also given vitamin D, C and zinc. They would have been told, get outside, laugh, play, have fun. Um, and I said they did everything the opposite. And I said the only thing they would have had access to every time they turned the fucking TV on would have been something that's going to help change your brain to believe that you are powerful, you are strong, you have everything you need in here. Your body is, you know, they would have been hearing all of all of the stuff I listened to and they would have only been able to get like stretch, mobility, yoga, all these programs that make you get on the floor and move and stretch and, you know, do what the body's meant to do. So um, I hope he quotes me to to that because that's that's what I would have done differently. Um, and also welcome change. So um, I used to, and I've, I've been looking at my footage since I've come home and there's me in a wicked storm, it's raining, the waves are crashing on my boat. And I am saying to my GoPro, oh, my God, thank God for change, right? I love change because imagine if it didn't change and I was stuck in this and I panned the camera around and show grey skies, dark water, everything's crashing, the rain's pelting down and, like, you know, little needles on my lip. And I said, imagine if it didn't change and this is what it was going to be. And I said, but I know the sun comes out again, you know, and yeah. it, it literally did an hour later. There's me videoing and going, oh, my God, see what I'm talking about? The sun comes out. So welcome change, people. Don't be afraid of it. Um, yeah. Look at your life in the the peaks and the troughs that life is and be grateful that there's change because imagine if, it stopped changing when you're in that trough. Yep. Right? Know that you're always going to come back up. Okay. And that is life. Ride it out. Ride the storms out with grace. Ride the storms out with appreciation that this is your chance and your opportunity to step up. Ask yourself questions like, hmm, I wonder why that's happening. And start thinking of what are you putting out? Because when you really start to become a con uh, conscious of this and you raise your conscious awareness, you will realise that you are getting back what you put out. And that can sound quite harsh. Some people can be quite offended by that because they can think, oh, I didn't ask for this to happen. Well, actually, when you throw away the victim card, fucking turn that card upside down, you realise that... Uh, if you changed your perception, you changed your attitude, yeah. the stuff that comes to you will also change. It's a fact. It's the law. And uh, just go and listen to Bob Proctor explain the law of attraction over and over again until you fucking get it because life doesn't have to be that hard um, And when you realise it. So these are the lessons that, you know, on my journey, getting to the start line, getting across to the finish line, 
these are things that um, were proven to me over and over again to the point where now it's been shown to me so many times, I know it to be truth. I absolutely know it to be true. There's no doubt in my mind. We get out what we put in. How did I nail the world's best fucking weather router? How did little old me just pick up the phone? Hey, hey, Roger, you don't know me. My name's Michelle Lee, but I'm going to be rowing across the Pacific Ocean. And I was given your name. You know, someone said, if, if you're going to do this, you need hands down without a doubt. If you can get hold of him, you need Roger Batham on your side. And how did I nail him? He didn't know me from a bar of soap. And he just said yes, you know? Like it's it's again, um, uh, and I, I'm not I'm not bragging. I'm just saying that it's when you live true to your core, to your values, and you've stepped up, and you know you're taking the daily action. Things will start to come. You can't just say I want, I want, I want. Oh, why isn't it delivering? No, it doesn't work like that. You need to actually also be taking those actions. Like I said, ask yourself all right, what would this person walk like? What would they talk like? And you start to become, that's when you start to attract. Mm-hmm. It's very, very simple. The law is actually very simple. Yeah. Yeah, it's the programming that they've injected in us to get it out of the way. Is what Because they don't want you to know how incredibly powerful you are. You know, I guess I had on my show recently, he said, we are a quantum reactor. Like, that is absolutely, that, yes. Absolutely. We're the quantum reactor they're always afraid of. Otherwise, they're, they would have no way to control us because we know how powerful we are as humanity, right? Going back to mankind, the womb of man and mankind. God, source, universe created us. The ultimate father and the mother, God, greatest omnipresence of divinity, created us as a man, as a woman in their <laughs> own image to literally be their version of gods on this earth and have dominion over the land, the animals, the plants, and the birds and the ocean. Have the dimension, oh, the capability, right? If you look at Anastasia and you look at Ringing Cedars books, which are amazing, I'm on book eight up until two years ago. I haven't been able to find another one that I can uh, read because they're so hard, very challenging to find. You know, Anastasia is just another perfect example of the capability of who we all are, which they've detuned us in this junk DNA, which we're bringing back into alignment, right? And tapping into those strands of absolute divinity. We're literally like angels walking on the earth, unaware of our incredible power and our capability. And once somebody finally starts realizing that in here, not up here, you have to get it down here, right at the seat of your soul in your heart center which is the greatest most powerful thing in the universe and multiverses and galaxies hence love levity and liberty in that order is what it gives us for how we can just totally be enjoyed and peace love and abundance and if you do that internally first that expresses out the more people who would do that the greater and the faster there would be no tyranny in the world. Um, wonderful, friggin' so so great. You have you can come back anytime. I just want to put that out there in case I haven't yet. <laughs> we want to take people through a couple of other pictures. So this is the Australia made. So let's tell let's talk a little bit about the boat, right? And because I know yeah. that solar power cells didn't work for a period of time. And we talk about resiliency, and you brought this example up of making yourself more resourceful. Like I grew up with the show MacGyver. I don't know if you guys had that growing up and 
I'm like, I love it. <laughs> no, it's not a <laughs> slip <laughs> He, wait, the plane's falling apart, something that's blowing up, and then he's got a switchblade, puts it back together, and he builds a helicopter. Like, oh my gosh, right? So, so yeah, <laughs> tell us a little bit about uh, the Australia Made and, and that story of being reasonable. Yeah, look, you know, you you got to actually have a bit of a MacGyver mind. And I used to sit there while I was rowing, looking around my boat at the yeah. the the points of weakness. You know, if if my rollick um, or my um, outrigger broke what would I do so um the the Rolex is is what holds your uh oar and uh, it, it houses the oars so right. I said to you yeah where your cursor is just just a little bit uh off to the side the Rolex if if it broke I thought well what would I do oh okay and I think of my toolkit and I think of what's in my tool bag I've got some 200 gram cloth some carbon fiber cloth I've got epoxy resin and I, I was part of the boat build so I actually, we built this boat. I bought the plans. I bought the, um, uh, uh, we had the carbon fiber panels cut into, you know, their shapes and it arrived right. like an Ikea flat pack. And nice. then every weekend I used to turn up in my overalls. All right, what am I doing today? And I'm sure I was a really big pain in their bottom, um, hanging around the boat shed and, you know, wanting to get in the way and do bits and bobs. And But it was essential for me to see that boat build and to get familiar with using tools and to understand the materials. And because that gave me a, an amazing amount of confidence in my vessel. I saw how strong carbon fiber was. You know, the boys in the boat shed would show me how to, you know, they try and break this, Michelle. You know, this is what's between you. It's five mil and eight mil. I had a combination of five and eight mil foam core carbon fiber. So they would show me and we'd try to break it and they just show me how strong it was, you know, and I was like, oh man. So these little, um, Playful exercises were amazing for building my confidence in my vessel. And um, I knew where every single bulkhead was. I knew exactly the floor plan underneath that deck. I knew where every bulkhead was. So I knew if I got a hole here, it ain't going to be the end of the world because the water is going to stop between here and here. That's it. You know, mm -hmm. this boat ain't going to sink. So um, I used to go through all these little scenarios while I was rowing. And not to be negative, but just to know that if if there was a catastrophe, I can cope. I've already got a plan. Yeah, it's going to look like a dog's breakfast. It's going to look messy, but fuck, it would work. You know, that's what I used to say to myself. Shit, this would fucking work, though. So, uh, yeah, she's a 7.7 metre by 2 metre wide, full carbon fibre hull combination of 5 and 8 mil foam core. She's got everything on there that a ship has got. So in terms of equipment, I had the... Um, uh, electric chart plotter, autopilot, electric water maker. There's batteries, solar panels, um, a four-man life raft, uh, flares, um, you name it, she had it. And uh, VHF radio, sat phone, uh, and lots of redundancy. You know, there was lots of levels of redundancy. So if that broke, then I've got that. If if my if I couldn't make my water with my electric water maker because I've had three or four days worth of cloud and not enough um, energy stored in the batteries, then I had the handheld water maker, which I actually had to supplement my water for about 80 days. I had to every day at the end of a shift get down on my knees and hand pump an hour's worth of water, which was about four and a half litres, uh, by hand, no matter how tired I was at the end of the shift, no matter what was coming, rain, clouds, 
waves crashing on my deck. I just had to pump this water for an hour. So, uh, you know, redundancy in, in my uh, batteries. I had a portable 100-watt solar panel, which I didn't really think I'd have to use, but and I almost I left it on the dock in in uh, Mexico as I was repacking my boat and rethinking. You're always you know um, reassessing, and I left it on the dock. And I said, you know what, this is like six kilos. Uh, I'm not going to need it, and I put it down. And then the next day, I went back and picked it up and put it back on board. And I thought you know what, you'd rather have it and not need it than need it and not have it. So I put it back right down the bottom of the locker, hard to get to because I didn't think I'd need it. Well, thank God I actually, and that was my intuition. My gut said, go and get it, Michelle. Just just have it on board. You know, you're out there. You've got no help. You are so isolated. You are, you know, a, a ship could be weeks away, you know, if I needed a rescuing. A ship could have been weeks away and it would have been a commercial ship that I would have relied on to have to detour their course to come to help me to my aid. So I put it back on board and I ended up using it for almost my whole trip. I had to supplement the um, the uh, solar energy going into the batteries by laying the panel out on my deck and then attaching it. So I had to turn my cabin upside down every day because the batteries are stored under my bedding inside the cabin and uh, attach the um, uh, terminals, you know, to the portable solar panel, which I had to also move around the deck because, you know, the sun would come across the top and then in the afternoon it would be setting on my cabin. So then I'd have to readjust it and put it in front of my cabin Um so, you know, again, this is what I'm saying. Adventure forces you to become resourceful and to think outside the square. Um, and like I said, all those little times of struggle, they are what give you the bastard in those moments to not give up. You know, you think I've worked too freaking hard to give up and to stop. So you start thinking, how can I, I just need to get to the end. What What do I have to do to make that happen? And um yeah, I'm really grateful for um, what adventure does. You, you know yourself, you're about to go off-road, off um, off the beaten track, and, uh, yeah, you've got to have backup. You've got to have redundancy. You've got to, you know, you got to think, I'm going to be self-sufficient out here. What does that mean in terms of, you know, you're going to blow a tyre? Um, you, you know, many things can happen out there. <laughs> it's exciting. It is. It is exciting. You know, actually, uh, it's funny. Your this story that I'm about to tell came up just a few days ago because I was sharing with somebody that you know we're locked in. We're going to do this interview, and uh, I'm like, you know, everything I've done for the most part has been with an engine because I like motorhead, the the motorcycle, the off road adventuring, being on three continents. You know, ride on road, off road, BMW adventure bikes, and and then snowmobiling. Right? There were times I took snowmobile to high school, which was awesome. Right? In in um, Ontario. And we did a trip, myself and two buddies planned a 10-day trip, 2,300 kilometers across the subarctic. And people were like, are you crazy? It turned out it went down to minus 80 for two days out of that 10-day trip. And we were started up in northern Quebec, which was still actually above the tundra. And we had to get the hair dryers at the little motel, like a trucker's motel. If anybody has seen it, we're not talking about Fargo, North Dakota or anything. We're talking smaller town, far more remote than that, right? There's only logging at certain times of the years and mining. 
and we're staying in an igloo the very first night we left, which was amazing um, when we left on that trip. And when you talk about resiliency, I mean, we had to warm up the, the snowmobiles with a hairdryer, a small little portable hairdryer with an extension cord plugged all the way back into a terminal. And you have to take 20, 30 minutes to warm up the engine enough before you could slowly pull it over because the thing was so cold, the engine had frozen. Yeah. It takes a lot to freeze a snowmobile engine, let me tell you, right? So all these things, right? And duct tape was our friend. We didn't have the same. <laughs> me too. <laughs> pretty expensive 10 years ago just for solar panels and we didn't have it like it is today it's so funny like only a decade ago right now things have changed and um but duct tape was our friend and we had to carry and be self-sufficient because if one thing happened and in between you know 250 kilometers between towns we're way up there the search and rescue center in cfb trenton ontario is like i think at that one point in time i looked at them that was like 2800 kilometers away so if they had to launch a c-130 and get up to us near the Arctic Ocean and have a problem and drop some flares and drop some supplies, you know, you've got to be ready to build a tent. And fortunately, some of my Arctic training took care of it, but you know, that you could have a tent, build an igloo, stay warm at night, got your carry lambs, all that just in case and go out on the adventure. Yes. Fortunately, none of that happened, but each one of us, our snowmobiles broke down one a day, so three days. So we took a 10 day trip and had to ride it in seven with, uh, with snowmobiles, blow engines blowing up which is something that required real mechanic uh, to fix. But, you know, it's really incredible because I still had other people there to rely on. And at least when I'm doing the adventure riding on the motorcycle, within like every few hundred miles, sometimes 50, 30, 50 miles to a couple hundred miles, I flip back and forth three miles in kilometers because of the audience. Um, but, you know, I grew up in kilometers. You didn't have that. I mean, like, you're really out there in the ocean. You're giving her. You just said it could be weeks until a commercial ship liner comes up. You have to know how to sew yourself up 100% self-sufficient. It's truly remarkable. You are a heroine, my dear, <laughs> and absolutely incredible. And I know uh, it may be weird when you hear people say that, yet, you know, the, you are a ex perfect example of the human spirit and what we are all capable of in our own right people don't have to carve their own path and recreate what you've done but for people to go that's what i'm going to do maybe it's like a hidalgo get on your horse and go ride three thousand miles across the desert i don't know right but you did that and it's it's so wonderful i'll go through a few more pictures here and then i'll wrap up with some final messages that you have for people here you are on day 153 with your coordinates and on 0954.42, I mean, we can all go through that, but where was that? Just tell everybody, because I, I like this too. You have Australia One right at the bottom of the bag as the, as the sponsor. So you got A1 on the bag right here in the picture. Where exactly yeah. are you? Day one. Uh, so yeah, that's wow. below the uh, equator. So I had crossed the equator. So, you know, there's obviously certain milestones um, and uh, challenges. So uh, there was the ITCZ, the intertropical conversion zone that I had to get across. Yep. There was then the equator that I had to get across. And we knew that these were going to be challenging because, you know, my boat's pushed around by current, by wind, and there's limitations as to what I can row against. Um, so again, having Roger uh, on the end of the sat phone and he'd look at what angle the current was and he would know that my boat, you know, I can't row 90 degrees. Hey everybody, it's Brad here. Our show will continue in a moment real quick. If it resonates with you, 
drop a like, follow us and subscribe to the show. Hear from cutting edge guests who are experts in their field, have a lot of laughs and discover some powerful tips on how you can thrive through 2025 in this amazing golden era of humanity. So give us a like, drop a comment, follow us right now as we fight back on the war being waged on humanity right now. And by the way, if you feel so inclined, please do share this with nine friends, family, and colleagues as well. I'm deeply honored you're listening to this. Thank you for doing so right now. For those many of you who have taken that step, and here we go, back to our show. 90 degrees to the current and stuff like that. So he would say, listen, Michelle, for the next two hours, I just want you to row at 240 degrees and let's have a look at it. We'll reassess it at the end of the two hours. And then I'd call him and he'd say, you know what? Let's just knock it off 10 degrees, come down to 230. So sometimes a lot of the stuff, um, you know, it, it, it was certainly not pointing in the direction that I wanted to, but um with the way my boat reacted with um, current and the movement of the water and waves and, and wind waves and stuff, we had to be very flexible and and we we had we knew we'd have to zig and zag our way across. Um, but yeah, so that that was actually in the South Pacific and uh, in the Coral Sea, which you know that was another milestone, like um, having to break free from those uh, the island group there in the Pacific you, you've got the Solomon Islands you had Vanuatu I had to go between them and then that brought me out into the Coral Sea which Roger used to always say when you're in the Coral Sea Michelle there is no hiding there's no running and he said you are out here in cyclone season you are in the height of the cyclone season so basically get prepared to be on that drogue, be pulling it in, pulling it out, pulling it in, pulling it out. Um, and he said, uh, I, I just don't know what it's going to look like for you because you're you're here in the thick of it, you know. Um, <laughs> so, Tell everybody and, the difference between a cyclone and a hurricane because I bet there's many people who don't know. Well, the interesting thing, and this is the other thing, I was learning so much. So when I really look at it, um, you know, I, I did this quiet, blind, quiet, naive, and uh, you know, uh, I said to Roger, what's the difference between, because in, in um, the northern Pacific, they call them hurricanes. In the south Pacific, they call them cyclones. There's no difference. It's just that that's what they call them in the US and, and, you know, that side of the world, and they just call them cyclones. So there's actually no difference. There's no difference in, in where one goes one way and the other goes anti, you know. No, it's just a name, basically, and they name them in alphabet. everywhere, everybody, just so you know, yeah. <laughs> and um, they named them in alphabetical order. So whoever's in, in the bomb, in the office, they just go, okay. So I went through G, Gabriel. Then I went through H was, um, who was H? Uh, G, H, can't remember H, but I went through Juliet and Kevin. Julie and Kevin, because they were together. Julie and Kevin affected me. They They were one after each other. Boom, boom. They were like... Uh, bowling balls getting thrown down a bowling alley. Um, so yeah, I learned little thing, little trivial facts like that when I was out there, just through the um, chats that I would have with Rog. So Rog became my most important phone call, several phone calls per day. And I said to him one day, if you were the only person I was allowed to speak to, no, if I was only allowed to speak to one person, it would be you. Like everyone else would be like, nope. I can only speak to Rog. And he's like, oh, God, the pressure. So he was my ears, my eyes. But everybody also knew when I was having a sat phone call, if I call you 
and they couldn't call me. So yep. it was all in my, the ball was in my court who I spoke to. Nice. And I everybody knew, you do not tell me any news headline of the world. I don't want to know about a death, a birth, a marriage. Um, yep. So I knew nothing. The only piece of headline news I knew in the whole 240 days was that the Queen is dead. And yep. uh, I said, oh, didn't she die years ago? But anyway, that's <laughs> Awesome. That would have just gone straight over. But um, the Mexicans yeah. sent me a text message saying the Queen is dead, and that is the only piece of headline news that I knew. And then when I came home, I have no interest. I, I, I have a genuine and sincere lack of care or interest what is going on in the world, be it good, be it bad, I don't know, but I'm certainly you know, not influenced by any of the shit that comes through TV and uh, news and radio. Um, Way to go. So, I went on a news flight on 2008 and I've never turned on any headline news. And the only time you see it is really walking through an airport or if you're stuck waiting for your car to get fixed, you can't help it. The mechanics got the crap on there, you know, and like you said, that's programming, right, from the Luciferian side. Uh, this is your website, solorower.com. If anybody is looking for incredible, uplifting speakers and heroes for humanity who rode for freedom. Yeah, right here. You can go ahead and book Michelle here as well. We already showed the video at the beginning of this segment. And you're doing something next. You're actually going to work with a little bit of a team. I heard you on a recent interview. You just want to tell people what's kind of coming next over the next six to 12 months in your schedule outside the speaking and hopefully starting to pen a book. Yeah, um, so I'm, the next thing will be quite an experience because it's with a crew. So I'm going to do the Sydney to Hobart, which is the um, uh, yearly event that takes place on Boxing Day, the day after Christmas. And uh, it's I'll be on board a 47-foot yacht. We sail from um, Sydney into Hobart down in uh, Tasmania. It's a very short event. It's between three and five days. I'm with a crew of 12. So that's going to be very interesting for me to be part of a crew. Um, and it's sailing. So, uh, you know, I said to them, you're taking on a beginner. I'm not a sailor, <laughs> so I need to learn. And uh, when they started saying, look, Michelle, you know, it's going to be uncomfortable. You're going to have broken sleep. And I'm like, um, how many days is this for? He said between three and five, and he goes, oh, he said, don't worry. He said, scrap all that. He said, this will be nothing for you. But I said, working with personalities, that will actually probably be my challenge. You know what I mean? <laughs> so I, I won all the arguments on my boat. I was solo. So now I've got to like, deal with people, um, which has been my challenge in this uh, reintegrating into society again. It, it was a bigger challenge than I anticipated. Uh so, yeah, it'll be good. But so what's next is I am on board a boat called What's Next. How nice. fun is that? That's just coincidence. And nice. um, and then after that, I've, I've already got my sights on, well, I can hear, I've said it a few times, so I know what will happen. Um, the Indian Ocean is on my mind. Um, and it's it's the final ocean that would then see me have rode around rode around the globe. So I've got the Indian on my mind, you know, and I've already said, oh, you know, if I rode another ocean, what would I do differently again? Of course, there's, you know, we we learn constantly. That's evolution. That's you know how we evolve. Um, and there's 
things that I would do differently again. Uh, I didn't get it all right the second time. So <laughs> I I possibly will row the Indian um, in my little boat because I love my boat and I know her well. And um, and then maybe then I'd be satisfied to hang the boat up and, you know, put her in the museum or something. Very cool. Yeah, I, I doubt that will go very long after that. But what you shall see, you know, stranger things have happened. Um, very cool. Thank you for being on. And I asked this question, pretty much everybody gets it uh, first time on the show. If you could snap your fingers, if you had all of God's power, snap your fingers like genie in the bottle and do something for the world, what would it be? Uh, it would be to show the world and uh, inspire them to test it for themselves, to know how powerful we really are, how if we stood in our own power, um, we don't need the pharmaceuticals and uh, to just stand strong in your own convictions and um, give it a crack. Just give it a crack. You know, <laughs> don't die wondering. You're right. Yeah, absolutely. Well said. Michelle Lee, thank you so much. You can find her at solorower.com. Definitely get out there, give a like, give us a share, get all of your kids that you know of, share this with them, have them sit down, go through this interview, go through the footage, maybe even book Michelle for wherever you are at your school, virtual events or direct in person. Be absolutely amazing because there's so few examples of human capability now, these days, of real people, not ones that have been put in front of us as false heroes, which unfortunately, or fortunately, the last three years we're learning about. So thank you so much, Michelle. God bless you. Appreciate it, everybody. Make sure you like, subscribe, and share. And on behalf of myself and the Bling Buddha firing red pills from his nine mil, remember he's always got the Punisher tattoo on his left breast to symbolize saving the children. Do this for yourself. Do it for your children. And do it, if we don't have children like me, do it for the kids worldwide. Get it out there. Much love. We'll see you on the next show, everybody. If you are looking for groundbreaking nutritional products, which revolutionize the way your body operates, you have to check out this cutting-edge, American-made, all-natural wellness brand. Root the Trinity Pack from GetRootNow.com is a game-changer. Let me show you. Zero In is the world's first quantumceutical an all-natural adaptogenic nootropic, which skyrockets your clarity and creativity. Professional athletes have reported over a 40% increase in their performance in only 90 days. Restore is a supplement that completely restores your gut health, optimizes your true brain, helping you tap into quantum consciousness, also known as the God Mind, all together with Clean Slate, which gently wipes out harmful heavy metals from your body, gently evacuating toxins, including graphene oxide. Trinity Pack from Root Altogether helps you increase your performance, longevity, deep sleep, and have a far greater quality of life. Register now at GetRootNow.com to grab your Trinity Pack. Then hit subscribe and save to get $15 back every month. Trinity Pack has also received the gold standard, a worldwide BSCG approval, allowing those in the military to first responders to the NFL, PGA, NBA, FIFA World Cup Soccer, and more feel assured it is indeed all-natural and drug-free. Trinity Pack even comes with a 30-day satisfaction guarantee. 
So when you grab your Trinity at GetRootNow.com, you can feel good knowing it's endorsed by Tier 1 Special Operations Warriors, to lightworkers, benevolent healthcare heroes, professional athletes, and Olympians detoxing their systems and unleashing their greatest self from across the globe. You can also get rewarded for being part of the Root community. See you there! Thanks for joining us on the program, ladies and gentlemen. Please like, follow, subscribe, share this with nine friends and family. And of course, if you enjoy our blinged Buddha firing red pills from his nine mil, let us know.